0: Amen hallelujah and you may be seated praise God amen we are nearing the end of the book of numbers we only have uh, a few more chapters to go and tonight we are uh, we have arrived at chapter twenty and this chapter is filled with Uh, a few great grand finales. Uh, In just a few chapters, the children of Israel uh, will be arriving at uh, Moab. And from there, they will be able to see uh, the promised land, or what the Bible calls the promised land. And they will transition from wilderness to land. The landscape of the Bible will soon be changing, and they will no longer be in a tumultuous territory, but they will be walking in the promises of God. But in this 20th chapter, there are some final appearances. In chapter 20 and verse 1, this will be the last time anyone sees Miriam. She dies at the very beginning of this chapter. In verse number 8 of this chapter, uh, this will be The last time anyone sees Aaron, Moses' brother. Excuse me, I believe it's the 28th verse. It'll be the last time anyone sees Aaron, Moses' brother. He will be um, deemed fit for death. It is also marked, this 20th chapter, with some peculiar disappearances. There are unique appearances and final appearances, but there are also some disappearances. It's not made clear to the readers, but an entire generation, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb, have disappeared. They have died, literally. Some of you might recall uh, a few weeks ago uh, how we preached out of Numbers 19, uh, where it talks about the red heifer, and the sacrificing of the red heifer. And the sacrifices associated with the red heifer are all to be used towards the purification process uh, in handling dead bodies. And the reason the Israelites are being told how to handle dead bodies is because there's going to be, or there is in the background of the story, a lot of them, literally. They are everywhere an entire generation of them, to be precise. When the children of Israel arrive at this rock uh, that they uh, begin to cry out for water, there is nobody left uh, from the previous generation, from the people that left Egypt. They have all literally died. They have all died. But there is also a surprising reappearance Uh, in this uh, chapter of uh, Numbers. It is the reappearance of the rod that Moses used throughout Exodus. A lot of times when people read about this rod that Moses used in Exodus, they think that Moses always had it on him. They think of it as this ubiquitous tool that is uh, found wherever Moses is. But that is not the way this rod works. In Exodus 4 and 2, this rod or this staff is referred to once and only once as the rod of Moses. In Exodus 4 and 20, the Bible specifically calls it now the rod of God. And from the moment it becomes God's property, it also becomes an agent. Of God's power. The rod may be in Moses's hand, but it is not Moses's rod. And it is not Moses's rod by any stretch of the imagination. In Exodus 3, the famous chapter where God and Moses begin to talk at a burning bush, Moses is introduced to the idea that this rod is no longer his. God tells him to throw the rod on the ground. And the Bible says it turns into a serpent. And then God tells him to take it back up, and it turns back into the rod. And it is here for the first time that Moses realizes this rod is not mine because it didn't used to do this before. This rod now has some new tricks that I had never seen it do in the 40-plus years that I owned it, praise God. In fact, Moses is now afraid to even touch it unless God gives him a command to touch it. And contrary to what many people might think, the rod of God is not even used in all the 10 plagues throughout the book of Exodus. Uh, The majority of all the 10 plagues are actually done by the rod of Aaron. God will tell Moses to tell Aaron to lift his rod, to strike the rod, to wave the rod. But it is not Moses' rod that is doing all of this. It is Aaron's rod that is being used. But there is this peculiar uh, uh, transition of which rod is used during the plagues. And as the plagues become more intense in their power and their scope and in their judgment, it is now God's rod that is used to perform these acts of severe judgment and justice. It is God's rod that is used uh, to split the Red Sea. Not Aaron's, amen, not Moses's, but God's rod. It is what is used to split the Red Sea. And the last time that the rod of God is ever touched by Moses is in Exodus chapter 17. The Israelites are engaged in a hot and heavy war and they must win. And Moses tells uh, Joshua and Caleb, I want you to join me. I am going to go up the mountain, and I am going to sit at the top of the mountain, and I'm going to stretch forth my hands, and I will take the rod of God with me. Amen. And I am going to pray as Israel goes to war. And that's exactly what Moses does. But as he is doing this, he gets tired and his arms get heavy. The Bible says his hands get heavy. And the Bible says that Caleb and Joshua or or her, Aaron and her, praise God, forgive me. Aaron and her hold up Moses's hands, not the rod, They will only touch his hands. There was an understanding among Israel's leadership that no one touches that rod except Moses. Amen. And so they hold up his hands. And as they hold up his hands, amen, uh, the Israelites win the war, praise God. But after Exodus 17, this rod is never seen again. It is placed inside the tabernacle and it is kept there. At some point, Uh, Moses either saw it as an act of prudence and wisdom or was commanded by God to put away this powerful and and potentially unpredictable rod of God. Moses understood that the rod, like the Ark of the Covenant, if not handled carefully, amen, can turn on the very people it was meant to protect. Amen. The way we come to this conclusion is really rather simple. Some people will say, how did you arrive at the idea that Moses got rid of this rod and put it away? The answer is actually quite simple. In our opening verse in Numbers 20 and 7, the Bible says that God tells Moses to speak to a rock so that water might come out from it. But before he tells him to speak to this rock, amen, he tells him, I want you to get the rod. Amen. And the Bible says that Moses went before the Lord in verse number nine, and he got the rod. In other words, this rod had not been in Moses's possession. And when the Bible uses from before the Lord, it is making reference to the tabernacle where the Lord dwelt. In other words, once Moses was told to get the rod, he had to go get it inside of the tabernacle. This rod has been put away in our opening chapter for nearly 40 years. And then Moses is told to go get it again. Unfortunately, Moses has forgotten that this rod is powered by God. And that this rod and the power behind it is no respecter of persons. And just because it's in his hands does not mean it is, amen, he is okay to use it however he wants The rod may be in his hands, but it is not his rod. The rod may be in his hands, but he is not at liberty to use it however he pleases. And as we all know, Moses becomes angry with the children of Israel and uses this rod to strike the rock instead of speak to it. Yes, water issued forth. Yes, the people's thirst was quenched. And yes, the problem was solved. But this act of anger angers God who then tells Moses you will not enter into the promised land either tonight I want to preach to you that just because God places something into your hands does not mean it's yours to do with it as you please amen hallelujah I said I want to preach to you tonight that just because God has placed something into your hands does not mean it's yours to do with it as you please if you live for God trust me God's gonna put some stuff in your hands if you serve the Lord for any amount of time there are some gifts there are some talents there are some finances there are some possessions there are some children there are some marriages there are some friendships and some relationships. There are some jobs and careers. There are some educations that God is going to put into your hand. But my friend, don't you get it confused. Just because God put it in your hand does not mean it's yours to do with as you please. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I preach to you tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of the story of a church, amen, who was having revival. Hallelujah. And slowly they begin to run out of room in their parking lot and right next to their church there was a convenience store that was closed every Sunday and the pastor of the church decided to go to the owner of the store and ask him for permission to use his parking lot amen on Sunday mornings and afternoons amen the store clerk said why do you want to use my parking lot he said because our church is experiencing great growth and we run out of parking and we've noticed amen that you're not even open on Sundays and so if you would be so kind as to let us Use your parking lot, we'd really appreciate it. The store owner thought about it and he thought about it and he said, I'll get back to you tomorrow. He called the pastor the next day and he said, I'll let you use the parking lot, but you can only use it 51 weeks, amen, out of the 52 weeks of the year. He said, and on that one week, I'm going to chain it, amen, everywhere. I'm going to make sure there's a chain running all around the parking lot so you don't park in it. You see, the store owner's wisdom is found in the the fact that he knew, Amen, that when people use something long enough, they t- they tend to assume it's theirs, amen. And the same thing goes for the things of God. Amen. There's a lot of people that think that just because it's been in their possession for a long time, it's theirs. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, can I tell you that God is like the owner of that store? Amen. And he wants the church to know not everything you got is yours. And just because I lent it to you doesn't mean it's yours. And just because it's in your possession doesn't mean you can do whatever you want with it. Praise God. I'm telling you, I'm preaching to somebody today. Amen. I know we might have got off to a rough start, but I'm telling you, God's been talking to me since last night. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's some people in this congregation. There's some people watching at home. You need to hear this tonight. Praise God. That life that you have is not yours. Amen. Those kids that you have are not yours. Uh, those finances that you have are not yours. Uh, that education you have is is not yours Uh, that house you have is not yours Uh, that car you have is not yours Uh, that house you live in is not yours amen hallelujah the breath in your lungs it's not yours Uh, God may have gave it to you amen hallelujah but it's your job to give it back to him Uh, it's your job to give it back to it's your job as the Lord told Moses to sanctify me in front of the people hallelujah what does that mean Uh, God got upset with Moses he said I gave you something Hallelujah, now you're misusing it uh, when you should be glorifying me in front of everybody. You should be showing everybody that the God you serve is different, uh, that the God you serve is holy, that the God you serve is powerful, that the God you serve is miraculous. Uh, hallelujah, but instead of sanctifying me, you're all up in your flesh, uh, praise God, and you're taking control of power that's not yours. Uh, you're misusing the thing I gave you, praise God. You're confusing what I gave you with your own property. Uh, Amen. But I came to preach to somebody tonight that just because it's in your possession doesn't mean it's in your power to use it however you please. Somebody give God a hand praise right now. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Too many times people think that churches are always begging. Why is the church always asking for money? Why is the church always asking for us to be here? Why is the church always asking, praise God, for cooperation, for help? I'm going to tell you something. You know who thinks the church is begging? People who think everything in their hand is theirs. The church ain't begging for nothing. You know what the church is doing, especially if it's a good church. There are some beggar churches out there, but we ain't here to talk about them. Praise God. But I'm here to let you know. Praise God, at least as far as East Bay Bible Fellowship is concerned. We're not begging for nothing. Praise God. But I am standing here flat-footed, amen, and red-faced to remind you that what you have in your hands is not yours. I'm not begging you to give us anything. I'm reminding you that what you have in your hand is not yours. The time, the education, the finances, the ch- it's not yours. You know why we're having kids' church at the end of this month? Because those kids aren't yours. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know why we're having church on a Wednesday night? Amen. Hallelujah. Because you are not yours. The scripture says it is he that has made us and not we ourselves. Praise God. You know, come on somebody. Hallelujah. You know why we're going to be here on Sunday? You know why we're going to keep on taking tithes and offerings? Praise God. Because the money we have is not ours. Praise God. It is God's. It is God's. It is God's. And I'm here as the pastor to give you a friendly reminder that the stuff you have in your hands is just not yours and the stuff i have this ministry is not my ministry praise god hallelujah this is god's ministry this pulpit is not my pulpit you are not my saints this is not my church this is not my building this all belongs to god hallelujah amen hallelujah that hand clap that's not for this preaching that hand clap that ain't for me the bible says to give the praises due unto his name somebody say hallelujah 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, somebody give God a hand praise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. In Genesis, God put the garden in Adam and Eve's hand. That's right. God told them, I have given you. He says, I give you dominion over all the beasts, over the fields. I've given you all the trees, but it ain't yours. The garden was in their hands, but it was not theirs. Adam and Eve forgot that it was not theirs to eat from every tree of the garden. God said, I'm putting this in your hands. But as a friendly reminder, I'm going to put a tree to remind you that everything in your hand is not yours. There's always going to be something that does not belong to you. It might be in your possession. I'm going to tell you the most simplest definition. You know, and and I know a lot of people cringe at at this phrasing. But God is judging us. God is judging us. And once you get saved, God judges you according to how you steward the things he's given you, including the Holy Ghost. That's what the whole parable about the 10 virgins is about. These 10 girls that thought, you know what? I go to the right church. I dress right. I don't don't sleep around. I'm not a floozy. I'm not, I'm not messing up. Hallelujah. But you ain't prayed up either. You ain't, you're not even taking care, amen, of the spirit that I gave you. And when I show up, you're going to find yourself lacking. Praise God. I'm telling you, God don't, amen, whatever God puts in your possession, my dear friend, praise God, don't you forget, amen, that when that thing lands in your hands, number one, it is not yours, and number two, you're being judged on how you steward it. Every day that I wake up, you know what I pray? Thank you, Jesus, for the marriage you gave me. I'm going to build on it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the time you've given me. I'm going to build on it. Thank you, Jesus, for the ministry you've given me. I'm going to build on it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for the children you've Given me. I'm gonna build on it. Thank you, G. You we can complain about the health that we don't have, but I'd rather say, Jesus, I'm gonna build on the health you have given me. Praise God. I'm gonna you gotta take what God gives you and then build on it and build on it wisely, praise God, because all of our work is gonna be tested and tried. Praise God. I said all of our work is gonna be tested and tried. And just because it's in your hands, it does not mean that it's yours. Amen. I you don't want to misuse it, you don't want to abuse it you don't want to use it to bop people over the head praise God you don't want to use the thing that God has given you praise God to destroy to damage to just come on somebody praise God I'm telling you God is talking to us this evening hallelujah the thing that God has given us is not ours amen but God expects us to be good stewards of it somebody say amen amen I could go on for hours, and I'm not. I'm going to go on for about 30 minutes, for half an hour. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God put the kingdom in Saul's hand. But Saul forgot it wasn't his. Amen. Hallelujah. And it wasn't his to sacrifice what he wanted, however he wanted. The Bible says that God told Saul, I want you to go to the Amalekites. And I want you to slaughter them, top to bottom. Don't leave anything. And the Bible says that the prophet Samuel showed up, and he says, what meaneth this bleeding of the sheep? Why, 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 do, I, why do I hear these sounds? And he said, well, I saved the best for the Lord. I spared the best that this country has for God. And Samuel told him, That's not what God asked you for. You're not steward. God didn't ask you. Amen. Hallelujah. To pick and choose what parts of the Bible you're going to obey. God didn't ask you to to cherry pick his command. God said, get rid of it all. God said, get rid of it all. I'm going to tell you something. God will choose what he wants out of our lives. There are some people that are so convinced that they have things God wants. Hey, you know what? I thought I had a few things that God wanted. I, I had a few talents before I got saved that I was so convinced God really wanted, and when I got saved, I was surprised to find out God wanted none of it. Praise God, I am telling you right now there are some things you are good at, God don't care. There are some things that you might you might be there, there, there are people here you you would be shocked at the talents, the gifts, amen, the things that they have willingly, happily. Amen, submitted and, and given away to the Lord because God said, I'm just not interested in that. Praise God. There's just some things God don't care how good you are at it. Amen, a few weeks ago, uh, he's, he's deployed right now. Don't forget to pray brother, uh, Pray for Brother Doreen. But Brother Doreen De- uh, was, was a national chess champion in the Philippines, came to the United States, was a national chess champion here. Praise God. He's one of the highest-ranked U.S. chess players, amen, in the country. Hallelujah. And uh, some of you that were here for the men's chess club, uh, I was playing Brother Doreen, and he beat me blindfold. He wasn't even looking. And I can't even explain to you how complicated, how difficult that is to do. Amen. But he told me, he said, Pastor, there came a day when God told me, quit playing chess. He said, it, don't, don't do this anymore. I don't, this is not, this is not what I, come on, somebody, I'm preaching to you. Somebody might say, well, that's, what a talent, what a gift. And God says, I don't want it. Praise God. It's taking up too much of your time. It's taking too much of your energy. Amen. It's gobbling up brain power. It's living in your mind rent free. And I don't want nothing living in your head rent free. Praise God. I'm telling you, there's some stuff Jesus ain't interested in in praise God God don't care if the whole world's interested in it God don't care if you could be amen this that or that if you would just exercise that gift there are some things God will say I want nothing to do with that I'm going to ask you to surrender that I'm going to ask you to give come on somebody I know this kind of preaching makes some people uncomfortable but it's the truth amen there's some things God don't want can we lift our hands and pray right now I feel the Holy Ghost hallelujah Oh, hallelujah. Oh, but God put it in my hands. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Hey, Moses, God told Moses, go talk to the rock. But before you do, grab the rod. God never told him, use it. It was a test. It was a test. Moses just thought, well, here it is. Maybe maybe, maybe God just forgot to amend what he told me. And God said, I'm going to let you walk down that mountain into that valley. You're going to stand in front of that rock with great power in one hand. But you're not going to use any of it. Not one bit of it. You're going to talk to that rock. You're not going to use force. You're going to use faith. And Moses could not resist. Everybody in this congregation, you know what? I've talked to all of you personally, all of you, wonderful people. Everybody watching at home, wonderful people. And just about everybody I've come across and met and who's a member of East Bay Bible Fellowship has has some kind of rod in their hand. All of you have a talent, a gift that all of you could use. And there's been more than one time when God's told you, put that away. I didn't say I wanted that. I didn't say I wanted that. I said I want you to believe me. I said I want you to trust me. I don't care if you used to be the top salesman. I'm not asking you to be the top salesman here. I don't care if you used to be CEO. I don't care if you graduated Akuma Matata. I'm not asking for that. I don't care how many push-ups or sit-ups you can do. I don't need that. I'm not asking for that. I'm asking you to faith it. I'm asking you to open up your mouth and call on me. I'm asking you to trust me. I'm asking you to speak to me. I'm asking you to get on your knees. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't care if you got straight A's in biology. I need you to do neology. Praise God. I need you to do prayology. Hallelujah. I need you to do fastology. Praise God. I need you to do tithology. Praise God. I need you to do faithology. Hallelujah. I need you to do trustology. Praise God. I don't I'm not asking for your gifts. I'm not asking for your talent. I'm not asking you to exercise the power. There are people here, you were naturally born with certain talents, gifts, and ability, and God don't want it. When I started living for God, you know how many of my relatives thought I was throwing my life away? Oh, you could have been this. Oh, you could have done that. When my wife married me, there was all kinds of people that thought she was throwing her life away. Oh, but how many many people don't understand? How many people just don't get it? That there's nothing more precious nothing more valuable nothing more powerful in this life amen than actually reaching out to another human being amen and changing amen the course of their destiny praise God folks I'm telling you when you save a soul praise God you're not just you're not just making somebody religious you're saving the Bible says you're pulling them out of the fire praise God I'm telling you give me you could take this whole world but give me Jesus God you could take all my talents you could take all my abilities you could take Take all, come on, somebody. You can take everything, everything you've ever given me, God. God told Saul, I'm taking the kingdom from you. It was never yours to begin with. And guess what? I'm giving it to David. And David made the same mistake. He thought, well, it's in my hand. But David didn't realize God didn't give it to him so he could do whatever he wants to whoever he wants the bible says that when the kings went out to war david tarried behind and before you knew it he found himself on a rooftop looking at women he shouldn't be looking at and we know the story he fell into gross and immoral sin he had he had the man's he had the he had that woman's husband murdered he tried to hide the pregnancy That's not why God gave him power. That's not why God gifted him. If we are not careful, we will abuse the things God puts in our hand. And instead of heal people, we'll hurt people. And instead of build people, we'll destroy people. So God said, you know what, David, I'm taking it out of your hands too. And I'm going to put it in the hands of your next son, Solomon. And God put the kingdom in Solomon's hands. But what Solomon forgot was that God didn't put it in his hands so he could marry whoever he wants, when he wants. And the Bible says that Solomon amassed thousands of wives. And not a one of them was a good Jewish girl. That's right. And he started playing games with something that wasn't his to play with. He, he politicized marriage. He didn't marry one of those girls because he loved them. He married them because he wanted to make political connections, network. He said, man, I see some things over there in Egypt I, I could use. Let me get me an Egyptian woman. I see some things over there. Hey, and in Lebanon, I could use some cedars of Lebanon. Let me get me a Lebanese girl. And he used marriage as a networking device. I'm going to tell you something. This is kind of off subject. And you've probably never heard me preach about this. The church is not your network. I said the church is not your network. I don't care what you're selling. Don't sell it here. This is not not where we we come to sell stuff. we, we We don't sell herbal life. We sell eternal life. We don't even sell that. We give it away. Amen. Don't, don't come up in the church selling stuff. This is not your networking. Praise God. Don't, don't, don't do money gimmicks. Don't do scams. Don't do pyramids. Pyramids are for Egyptians. Praise God. We ain't Egyptians. Praise God. Don't do money pyramids. Amen. You know, I might let some kids sell some chocolate bars once the school year starts. Praise God. But, you know, we like that. Praise God. But other than that, praise God. Adults, this is not where you come to get customers. This is not where you come. This, the church is not where you come to get clientele. And, uh, and there are some of you that have services. Praise God. This church has used your services. But I thank God for the people in this church that have businesses that have never pushed their business on any of us. Praise God. I'm more, most people in this church are more than happy to use church people's services. However, nobody here is looking to get scammed. Nobody here is looking to get hustled. Nobody here is looking... Amen. To be part of a money pyramid, praise God. And nobody here is interested in buying stuff, praise God. If we want to buy something, we could go to the store for ourselves. Thank you, praise God. There's a thing called Amazon. We don't even have to go to the store, praise God. We could stay at home. We could order it right now while you're listening to me preach against networking in the church, praise God. But I'm just telling you, praise God, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, there's, there's stuff you don't play with. There's stuff that's sacred. Don't come up in here talking about, hey, I was just praying as pastor was done preaching. I just felt to tell you about this opportunity. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have, I, I, I have acquaintances and friends and brethren in the Lord. I, I always get so disheartened when they try to sell me something. I always get so disheartened. I thought, man, I thought we were about to have a real friendship. And then they got a pill. y'all getting quiet on me. Praise God, wait Did all the networkers show tonight or what? <laughs> Praise God, Maybe maybe the right people showed up. Praise God, this message is for you. There's just stuff you don't play with. Let's close this up. Matthew 20:23 20, and 13. Woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites for you shut the kingdom of heaven you shut you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in god put the kingdom in the hands of the jewish people but it wasn't theirs to shut it on other people god put the kingdom in the hands of the jewish people but it wasn't theirs to shut the doors on. It was God's kingdom. Right. You know, there, there are so many situations in life that I, I really do. I have a ton of questions about. It's not, it's not, it, it's not up to me to shut the kingdom, the kingdom's doors. Right. There are some people that have done some horrible things. There are some people that go to their deathbed doing horrible things. Right. But guess what? You just don't know what that person might whisper before they take their last breath. They might say God forgive me. And God's going to do it. I hope. But let me tell you something else. We don't shut the doors of this church. And I'm, I'm just going to be very frank and honest with you. There will be people that walk through these doors. That, some, that, that other people may have an opinion of them. That they're a lost cause. In some cases, some people... I'm a, I want to give you a really good pro tip. There are some people that we will try to help that we cannot fully help. But our only job is to help add whatever we can to their situation. So that wh- whatever church they go to next might have an easier job helping them reach full faith maturity. I used to get frustrated when I wasn't able to bring everybody that came through these doors to full maturity. And then I realized, you know what? We're just one stop. You got, you got a long journey. But if we're kind enough and we're loving enough and we're prayerful enough and we're, and we're conscious enough, we, we can add something to their life that may help their next pastor and their next church really help get them to full maturity. Praise God. We, we Yeah, come on, somebody. That's right. Now, there, there are some people here that you are going to actually live and die here. Praise God. There are just some people here like Brother Nixon. Praise God. He's going to be here until he's really old. Praise God. And, and, and him and Sister Liliana will have grandkids. And praise God. And they'll, yeah, it's just going to, and the dog will be big. And it's just going to be a great life here at East Bay Bible Fellowship. Praise God. And it's just going to be good like that. Praise God. And, and then there's others that we're just going to help them. And they're going to give us all a headache. That's right. But we're not here, Sister Harris, to close and open the doors. God didn't give us padlocks. He gave us keys. And too many folks think God's given them a padlock. Get your hands off the lock. Get your hands on the keys. Praise God. And open up the doors because God wants them open. Praise God. And edify, encourage, strengthen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm so glad. You know, I, 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 I can't be at every event. I just can't be at every event. I'm not supposed to be at every event. And I tell Sister Prado, you're not to go to every event. Hey, I'm going to give you a, even a better pro tip right now. Everybody doesn't need to be at every event. You know, Sister Harris, she had this uh, this this ladies' event. It's 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 our Heritage Club, and it was for fifty and above. There might have been some forty eight years old that that snuck through. We weren't we weren't IDing nobody at the door, but there were people that walked through the door and they started weeping. They started crying. I saw pictures of Sister Revis laughing, and and I saw pictures of other women that that just that. Just having a great time in God. I Had I been there, the pastor, I would have ruined it. Yeah, that's the truth. I am the pastor of this church. God called me, but I don't need to be at the Heritage Club. I will actually ruin it. There are some some deals, they're enhanced. They're made made supernatural. By the church realizing, you know what? Let's, Let's let this group focus on itself. So that they could strengthen the people within that group to reach the next level. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There are some kids' events you don't need to be at. And unless you're given the college and career single folks a ride, there's there's those there's college and career events married folk don't need to be at. I don't need to be at the single women's prayer meeting, even though I'm the pastor. That's right. We have ministries here. Find that ministry, be a part of that ministry. Let that ministry feed you. Let that ministry minister to you. Let that ministry, don't don't just try to to get in where you fit in. We've actually made, they're called departments. We could call them compartments if that's easier for you. And you just, and that's where you go. And that's where you go. If you don't know Spanish, don't come to Spanish church. (laughs) It ain't going to feed you. It ain't going to feed you. You might feel something. But yes, it's not what you. That's not. That's not where you belong. I know uh, this is hard for some people. They get offended at stuff like this. They just feel that they should roam wherever they want and do whatever they want. I'm I'm trying to help your walk. I'm trying to give you. A, I'm trying to give you some hints, some blues clues. Praise God, to to how you can get ahead in the kingdom. Church, I'm telling you. What's needed. I, I was not kidding. This is not a joke. This is not hyperbole. This is not an exaggeration. Jesus is coming soon. And our level of effectiveness has to improve. Has to improve. If, Sister Harris, if any of those women that were at that ladies' day end up going to another church, you did your job. I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to be mad about it. You shouldn't be upset about it. We actually helped them. We wish everybody could be here with Brother Nixon until until the end. Praise God. But some people, they're not going to feel that. They're going to be like, I got to go. Go. We're going to pray for you. We're going to bless you. We'll pray for you when you're gone. We'll pray for you if you decide to come back. We'll minister to you when you're here. We will. We will minister to you while you're here because we realize God's given us keys, not padlocks. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Let's all stand.